You can find the comic book characters on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod or follow us on Twitter at cbcharacters. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. And now you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search comic book characters. Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and as always, I've got my gracious co-host, Chris, the creator, Gossidus! How you doing, hey, sir? Hey, man! How you doing, homie? I'm great. I'm marvelous, man. I, you know, right off the bat, I can tell you that I feel like this this particular pod is going to be a good one because... I don't, you know, like that last one, so, I still don't Dude. know what happened, so much craziness, getting weird feedback from people, apparently we were like really against Joss Whedon for some reason, what? and just really loved Justice League, I have no idea, I tried to go back and listen, I don't know uh-huh. what they're talking about. That's uh, really weird, I, I was checking out on SoundCloud and, you know, watching the game tape and whatnot, uh, it was just static for the first like 18 minutes. Just check the I, tape, yeah, it's... So sorry about that, everybody. Anybody who got the static, you know, like we did. Uh, but we're, I think we're good to go this week. I think, you know, smooth yeah. sailing. Let's hope so because we have – I say this a lot. I know I say this week. a lot. It was a great week, yeah. I say that there's a lot of stuff that we have to cover. I really mean it this time. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to cover. I should stop talking about – Covering it, we need to cover it because that's how much stuff there is. Let's just go. Let's jump. So, so we're recording this on a Friday um, before this Easter weekend, and um, the thing to drop the the Star Wars celebrations going on right now. I think it's the 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, people are real psyched. I see people live tweeting, uh, uh, Snapchatting, and in image Instagram living and. Facebook living or whatever is going on. All those apps that do the same thing. They're all they're all reporting. They're all happy. They all look like a bunch of happy nerds, and that's great. But what we got us plebeians here in, you know, that are not there live enjoying the festivities, they were kind enough to drop the first Star Wars The Last Jedi teaser trailer. Let's just, you know, hip-hop horns. Um, let's just jump into that. Uh, right off the bat, we get treated to an image of Rey. We get a lot of uh, Luke Skywalker voiceover. We see some ships. We see a ship crashing. We see... What else do we see? We see Rey training. We, yeah, see, yeah. we hear a lot of yoga instruction from Luke. Yoga? Uh, he's like, deep breathe. Go into <laughs> warrior's pose. He's like, downward dog. Um, you know, but... Uh, what else do we see in that trailer? We got, uh, we got, we got Darth Vader's mask is even more messed up. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a one of one, man. Treat that carefully. What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, that thing needs to be behind some plexiglass at minimum. Do not what touch. I, the 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 first thing that struck me uh, from the trailer was the the crazy establishing shots. Like, uh, well, first it, it comes into the, like the star field, right? But then it, you know the shot comes into focus. And it's like a planet type surface, mm-hmm. and then Ray's hand comes on it, and it's a rock. Uh, so it brings you brings a, a scope right back down to Earth, and then then it has like these really beautiful kind of establishing shots above, away, and like kind of from the side. Um, 
the scope in this one, just in the first like ten seconds, is amazing. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and right, so Ryan Johnson's doing this one. Um, for anybody who had any concerns, now of course, just the teaser, right? So not to get ahead of ourselves, but in terms of like the cinematography in this trailer is top notch. Uh, you know, much like Gareth Edwards did with Rogue One. Mm. Um, I think we're in for a visual treat at the very least. Uh, there's a, we get, we get treated to a little bit of a battle space battle. Yeah. Um, looks great. Stuff's blowing up everywhere. Everywhere. <clears throat> this, this very much looks like a, a, as it should be. And as a lot of people have speculated, but it looks very much to be a Ray and Luke story. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like a lot of the story is going to center around those two characters in particular. We do get a glimpse at at Finn sleeping on the job. By the way, come on, man, you got to. He's getting a Stan Lee on. He's not trying hard. You enough. You got to try a little harder, Finn. Fn, get it, get it going. Um, we see Poe. Uh, we see BB-8. Uh, we see them try to get into a spaceship, and that spaceship explodes. Uh, yeah, so so you know it, it touches on a lot of the Keystone characters that we saw in Force Awakens, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, do you you know I'm actually having trouble. Do you recall seeing Kylo in the? Yeah, in this yeah, film? he's there. Um, the angle's kind of like uh, he's looking up to the right corner of this. Uh, to yeah, to the right corner of the screen, he's like toying with his lightsaber at something. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see, see the scar come across his face. Right, he's got that scar on his yeah, face. Yeah, but most of it's kind of like uh, the, the saber's in front of him. So. Right, and it's obscuring a lot. You're yeah. right, you're right. And that's a cool-looking shot, too. Uh, he still has the same uh, lightsaber, the one with the hilt. And, uh, yeah. So uh, let me ask you this. Any Anything mm-hmm. in particular out of this trailer that got you especially jazzed or made you especially curious? Um. Yeah, uh, the one shot where it's in the again the beginning of like twelve or ten seconds where it's coming up, you know, around uh, the side of the island they're on, mm-hmm. and uh, it comes to, like Ray's like very far off in the distance, and so is Luke behind her, and she's like kind of going through some motions with the lightsaber. Uh, where well, I'm assuming that's who they are, but yeah, uh, any sort of like training stuff like that, it's gonna be kind of nice to see, um, just because it's gonna be people are probably already gonna start doing parallels to Empire Strikes Back and all. Um, but any type of a, it, it's it's fun to see like a new eyes, a new set of eyes take on like the training sequence for a Jedi. Definitely, I think and I, I especially like that you made a point to talk about the scope and kind of the angle of that shot mm. because it's really wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can barely see them. I mean, you can because the lightsabers are so iconic and they stick out. You know, yeah. which means that if they want to shoot it that way, they really can. And I think that would be really neat. Like, I don't yeah. know how long they're going to stay on that on that shot, but that's hmm. that's really something you haven't seen before. Also, to me, yeah, no, go sorry, ahead. No, real, go ahead. real quick. No, to my me, thing's it, not important. So go. <laughs> that's me. right. The co-host taking over, motherfucker. Uh, no, uh, I, I've watched it like twenty-five times plus. I don't know. Uh, it just came out this morning, but it kind of seems like there's a theme building. Like, uh, you know, she sees the when he asks her, you know, cl- close your eyes, what do you see. And it's the good, the, the light side and the dark side. And he says, like, yeah, there's a lot more than that. There's so much more than those two things. Right. And so just that kind of, like, led me to think about, oh, so the, the whole, the, the reason why the long shots are there, why they're establishing, like, very far shots, why they're there is because they want to put it into context. So 
the training is just one little part of what's going on in this whole scene. Right. Everything else is going to matter in this film. Right. Like the, the you, you widen out. You go further yeah. back to really see the big picture. I think that's a, 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 a really spot on uh, observation there. The stupid thing that I was going to say is mm. that when you mentioned Empire, for, for now until forever, I guess, anytime <laughs> somebody mentions Empire, all I can think of is that stupid bad lip reading song with yes. Yoda like run 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 jump I can be your backpack while you jump like that's that's the first thing that comes to my head now like nothing else that movie's amazing and I love Empire there's like Wampas and the Tauntauns and all that but like uh, but that damn song it's it's amazing just for the one scene where Yoda's saying I found a huge log then when I turn it over, this little stick, and I was like, "That log had a child." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's great. I mean, those songs are fantastic, but like that is that is inception <laughs> in my brain to the point where like that's that's all I know of Empire anymore. It's replaced your childhood. <laughs> it is. It has. Way to go, internet. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. So so I think something else you brought up that I that I want to piggyback on is that. It's this kind of theory, and apparently this I'm, I'm obviously not the only one, I think, to have come up with this. Mm. But And it's something that, uh, so Ig, who of course has, has been co-host on the show before and uh, was the original co-host, hopefully we, uh, he'll be coming back on uh, soon. We'll do a little, little three-man action Uh-oh. for the ladies. Uh-oh. Mm, I don't know, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> anyway, uh, but he sent me this this image, and it's the first kind of like t- like poster image for the jet last star wars the last jedi and it's it's got ray and she's like holding a lightsaber and there's like a beam coming out uh it's like a blue but it progressively it transitions into red at the top hmm. you know like the you know kind of like the two lightsabers and uh I, you know something that you said where uh, you're talking about how Luke says, you know, what do you see? The light, the dark. And he says, there's so much more than more than that. And not only that, the last line we get in the trailer that Luke Mm. says, and I feel like this is obviously they put it here for a reason because it's the last thing you hear. But he says the only you know, the only thing that I know is true is that the Jedi must end. And like normally that's a very threatening statement. (laughs) Like that's something that Vader would have said or Palpatine or you know Snoke, or Sidious, or whoever. Sebulba. Uh, Sebulba. Uh, sure, sure. Jabba. <laughs> Watto. Like, yeah, Watto. Greedo. <laughs> IG88. Like, I mean, we can just keep going on and R5D4. on. R5D4. There you go. My point is, is that normally that's that's a pretty uh, almost like a villainous statement. But what I think it actually hints at, and what I think that the poster hints at, what that line hints at, what the dialogue when he's talking to Ray hints at, mm-hmm. is that Luke, in a way, is fulfilling the Anakin prophecy, where Anakin was supposed to bring balance to the Force. I think Luke, and I think that's ultimately what this story is going to be, and it's either going to be, I think, in Ray's hands, or maybe Kylo, or maybe both, is this idea that to to really bring balance to the force within yourself within a person they should not be jedi or sith hmm. they should not be just light or dark but rather both of them continuously and simultaneously and and that is the ultimate key to the universe and balance 
um, you know, balance by its own definition is right. is an to, actual balance, an actual balance of things, not just all one or all the other. Yeah, which is where they've all gone wrong. And even with Anakin, you know, he originally was a child and he was he had light and he was you know a Jedi, but then he went to the dark side and he was a Sith and he had the dark side of the Force. But he he never really had both at the same time necessarily, hmm. um, and that's ultimately where he failed. Also, Hayden Christian's act, acting, but whatever, that's a different story. Um, but anyway, you know, obviously we'll see if how that plays out um, across this movie, and then uh, you know, obviously on part uh, nine as well, and maybe other future installments. But uh, that's my that's my thing. I mean, that's that's where I'm going with it. I actually um, like that. Uh, I like that a lot just because it kind of brings it back into like the realm of the Eastern philosophies, which, I mean, you, you kind of have to really ascribe that the Jedi kind of take a lot of this stuff from like those Eastern philosophies. Right. Um, I, I do like that. like that a lot. Cool. Well, we'll go ahead and leave this here because we have so much more to cover. But, of course, as more Star Wars stuff comes in, we will cover it in future podcasts. Uh, and, of course, everyone out there that's listening, feel free to hit us up with comments. What did you like about the trailer? Uh, what do you think some of that stuff means, some of the imagery? Uh, do you think it looks good? Do you think it looks terrible? Do you think we're idiots? Like, do you think this looks terrible? Let us know. Uh, jumping right into another trailer, and I actually thought, until today, I literally thought this was going to be the lead story. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thor Ragnarok trailer came out. Ooh. And to say that this trailer has lit the internet on fire <laughs> is an understatement. That's like saying... Like Vesuvius was like a minor interruption to Pompeii. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know where that came from. It's out there, though. I said it. It's out there. It's already there. Um, I, I'm going to I talk so much about Star Wars. I'm going to take a step back here. What did you think about this Thor trailer, Thor Ragnarok trailer? Take us through it and, and let me oh, know what dude. your thoughts are. Hell yes. So the first time, the first word I heard about this was on uh, Twitter when I was checking it before work, like a good boy does. Um, and Beetle, Michelle Beetle, uh, sportscaster mm. on ESPN, big Spurs at, fan, yeah, huge Spurs fan, was tweeting out about it, saying that she's so pumped for it just because uh, because of one line in the trailer. And ah, uh, so I went and checked it out immediately. I was all I did for like the next twenty minutes was watch this on repeat. It was amazing. So it starts off with like just. Fire and metal and Thor encased in chains spitting down and narrating like how weird this is. And and then immigrant song starts. Yeah, some Zeppelin. Some Zeppelin some solid ass Zeppelin, dude. My God. Yeah. It's amazing. It's uh and then Kate Blanchett's in there and she's all in leathers and she's all gothy with the black hair and her face and stuff. And and then I don't know if it was just me, but like this first Again, the first 10 seconds of a trailer, it really threw me for a loop. Thor apparently attacks her. He throws the Mjolnir at Hela. And, you know, I've been a big proponent of Mjolnir as War Thor in the yes, past. Yes, yes. Um, Mjolnir wielding a Mjolnir would be amazing to me. Oh. Uh, she catches it. She just gives him a look. And she crushes Mjolnir. Yikes. R.I.P. I was Pour one out. released all the energy from the collapsed star that created. My God, it, it shook me that way <laughs> that I didn't know hardware could shake me. Oh, man. I mean, I know you are a big reporter of Mjolnir. You know, what would have saved the situation, saved the sitch, if I hashtag uh-huh. save the sitch, is if Mjolnir was holding another Mjolnir 
Uh-huh. And then she crushed the one that he was that, that it was holding. Then he would still have the other millionaire. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like that could have worked out. Unfortunately, that's not what happened here. No. Um, <laughs> but I feel your loss, man. That it was. It was like sad. It was a sad scene. Like it was as bewildering as it is. It was a sad scene. Please continue. Yeah, no, it was great. It was amazing. <laughs> then we get like a. Uh, a little bit of the story starts to come come uh, come clear. We don't really get the titles, nothing like that. But it's just Marvel Studios. That's the next thing we see. And it's not like the Guardians Marvel Studios kind of logo. And it's just kind of like really, really kind of fine-toothed graphic design stuff. But it looks completely different. It looks kind of retro-y. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, I noticed that too. For the rest of it, it, it just, I mean, my God, just scene after scene, little little stuff going on asgard's being invaded by these weird people who look like they're from an 80s action movie uh thor's you know caught by somebody who looks like she's wearing one of the one of the anna legendary skins from overwatch um that one chick the the delos corporation in westworld captures thor and brings him before yeah jeff goldblum and we have no idea what's going on loki's there he's got daggers um <laughs> it ends uh it ends with Thor being put into like a like a coliseum type situation. Like He's a gladiator. gladiator. Yeah. Puts a Valkyrie helmet on, and then Jeff Go- Jeff Goldblum introduces his opponent, the Incredible, and then Hulk just smashes through the gate. He's being kept behind, and Thor, like everybody else, goes yes. <laughs> a stuns Jeff Goldblum. He's a friend from work. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. The last scene. Marvel's so good. At capturing the that, that huge page splash of like this is what you you buy comics books for motherfucker and it's just Thor going up to punch Hulk and then Hulk coming right back down on him with two and then Thor Ragnarok again in like the I don't really know what he call it like the the new retro wave kind of stuff going on or like yeah the wave it's, it's style got like it's graphics. got like that weird eighties kind of yeah like, like that um it's almost like it's like space retro I don't know what you would call that but. Like there's lit- a bunch of yeah. There's like, a bunch of stuff that you can call it like uh, future retro, future uh, retro, laser retro, retro wave. Yeah, Kung, retro wave. Kung, Kung Fury, that type of stuff. Yeah, Kung Fury does a lot of that too. Um, yeah, man. Like for anybody who had doubts about Watiti's, I'm just gonna go with that. Watiti's ability to direct this film, coming you know from an indie comedy background. Holy hell! Now I know. You know, it's the ad people that put these trailers together for the most part. The directors don't have a lot to do with it, but but obviously all the footage is from stuff he directed. Yeah, and just knocked it out of the park. Um, I I mean I hope I hope my enthusiasm comes across right now. I am I am so excited for this movie. Like it's so it, this trailer got me so pumped that as much as I'm looking forward to Homecoming, because of course I am. Mm-hmm. And as much as I'm looking forward to Guardians Volume Volume Two, which I so am, man, I might be looking forward to Thor Ragnarok more than any other comic book movie this year. The third Thor film. Who who thought the third that, Thor that, film that, <laughs> that would get the hype going? Holy hell! Uh, the Hulk scene is amazing. <laughs> the CGI continues to improve with Hulk. Uh, looks fantastic. Just everything. Hella Kate Blanchett as Hella. Oh man. Hella fine is what that is. Dude, like 
the fan art that's going to come out of of this movie i <laughs> it's going to be interesting to say the least it's um, so it, it's a, it's a weird trailer just be, i mean i oh, welcome any addition to the trailer park that we have here but it's the, it from the first two Thor movies, it's completely off-brand. It's so different. It, but it, it feels totally on-brand of right. what Thor always should have been. Right, right. Like, uh... It's basically a metal move, a metal music video come to life for two right. hours. Like heavy metal. It's like if heavy metal and Thor mashed up into one Yes. Day. That's right. That's exactly what it is. And that's... Um, the other thing is, I feel like... Because obviously this, this film, they've already said that a lot of this film is going to take place in space. 90% of it or whatever is mm-hmm. not on earth. It has a very James Gunn guardians of the galaxy vibe to it. Like the color scheme, uh, the palette of the aliens and so on. Mm-hmm. I, I felt very much, it felt very much in the same spatial, like literally space <laughs> universe of the Marvel universe, which, uh, which is great to, for me yeah. to see that kind of continuity, even though it is a different director. Uh, I'm just well, so on board here. Yeah, yeah. The the Asgardians have been in the Guardians world because yep. they dropped off um, like the the ether thing from uh-huh. Thor two. They dropped that off with the Collector, right? Uh huh. So they're already kind of sort of there. It's uh, like yeah. Obviously, we're gushing. Uh, there's just so much more <laughs> for us to cover. But I mean, just so psyched, so insanely psyched. I. I, I just love everything about the trailer. My only fear is that they give us too much in subsequent subsequent trailers. Uh, I hope that's not the case. For this and Star Wars. Please just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean they I, I'm so mad about Spider Man homecoming. Like <laughs> I wish they would have gone the Guardians route, which was perfect. Uh just keep using that as your template. Like just stick to the first thirty minutes of the film, forty minutes of the film with your trailer. Um hmm. Okay, let's move move on. Not that we really want to, but there's there's just so much more to cover. Uh, real quick, just got a little bit of tidbit news. I thought this was interesting. Um, so Watchmen, right? The the Zack Snyder film. It's a little polarizing. Mm-hmm. I actually think is a pretty great adaptation of the graphic novel. Yeah. Um, and it's a really. I mean, I I really like that movie actually. Um, they're apparently going to give it another go. It's not a reboot. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily a remake. But this is actually going to be an, a Watchmen R-rated animated adaptation. Huh. So I'm going to ask you two quick questions here. Yeah. One, do you think this is wise? Like, is this necessary? <laughs> and two, uh-huh. do do you think it'll be able to pull something off that either the, the live-action movie didn't or, or, or add something to what the graphic novel had already established? Hmm. Okay. Uh, actually, for the first one, I think it really isn't necessary. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I thought the Watchmen live live film adaptation was perfect. I, I thought it was great. Um, it, it probably gave Zack Snyder too much license to do what he wanted, but uh, I, I thought it was a really really good adaptation. Um, yeah, I don't really know what could add to anything from the from the graphic novel. There was that continuing story, kind of like um. With the black sail, or what was it? The black, uh, the black freighter, the, the black freighter. Yeah, yeah. But that was already made into like an animated movie, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. With uh, so, Gerard Butler's the vo- the voice of the guy. Yeah, there, there was a little bit more character building, world building, kind of, if you will, just on that one street corner with the newspapers. New, yeah, newspaper vendor and the and the mm-hmm, kid the reading kid. it. Yeah. 
but um, there's not too much more you could add to that movie. I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I, yeah, I think ultimately what this is going to come down to is who do they get in terms of the vocal cast? Oh, for yeah. I think that's going to really for me really going to push me either to want to see it or not want to see it. Um, I, of course. You know, Watchmen is a is a fantastic story, and as long as they mm-hmm. stay true to that story, you can't really mess it up. Um, as long as you don't make weird changes, but how do you how do you outdo Jackie Earl Haley as Rorschach? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's I mean, <laughs> maybe they just get him. How weird would it be if they just got the actual like like Jeffrey Dean Morgan? And Jackie Earl Haley, <laughs> you know, if they just brought back the original cast and just had surreal. them do the vocal <laughs> and the... act like it never happened, yeah, like oh, <laughs> this is the first time we get to bring Alan Moore's Watchmen vision to to screen. Uh, I thought we did. I... Yeah, it's a it's a weird move. I'm sure Alan Moore is not happy about it because he's <laughs> never happy about these things. Uh, but you know, we'll see. And like I said, once we get more images or whatever of this yeah. as it goes along. We'll definitely, we'll definitely touch back on it. Okay. Zoom in, zoom in right through. We're hitting casting corner, casting corner. Ooh. I'm not even setting it up. I'm just, here we are. We're here. <laughs> big news, big, big news. We're just going to jump right into it. We finally, yeah. know, we finally know who cable is, man. Is it, is it Brad Pitt? No, it's not Brad Pitt. You want to take what? another guess? Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, 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 is it, um, uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan. That was talked about. Yeah, yeah. Pierce Brosnan. It, it, no, it's not Pierce Brosnan. No? No. no, no. Uh, that one dude. Uh, two names. Michael Shannon? Michael Shannon. Yeah, man. The, the guy who took his shit all over comic book movies was like, I, yeah. I hated all of this. And then right. somehow magically was at the top We're gonna of the list. We're going to stick him in one. Just like, it's so weird, man. Like, maybe his agent hates him. It's This is just <laughs> a weird thing. Uh, no, it's not him. Not him. Not the him. fuck? Who could it be? Ryan Reynolds. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go real. There you weird. go. There you go. I. You know what? Just they could do it. Deadpool's got a lot of prosthetics, and he's under that mask most of the time. Not Ryan Reynolds. Uh, actually, somebody who is already on the Evans list. Huh. And is currently already technically a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm talking about Josh Brolin, Thanos, Thanos, Josh Brolin who voices Thanos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is wow. now going to live-action play Cable <laughs> for the Fox X-Men universe. Um, mm. So, I, you know, I've done a little bit of, 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 of surveying, I guess, of the Internet, getting people's feedback. People are kind of of two minds on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, people are like, all right, Josh Brolin's got that kind of grizzled, gritty kind of feel to him. Like no country for old men, a little bit. Right. You know, you can kind of see it, and I can see that. And they're all, they're all on board. They're like, okay, it's fine. Um, you know, because he's live action cable, but just voice CGI Thanos. So they're okay with it. But then there are other people that are just like, no, he can't be <laughs> two concurrent characters at the same time. <laughs> and it's like one thing we're like. Chris Evans, <laughs> Evans double dipping you, double dipping right and just looking you right in the eyes as you're doing it. Right, right, just no blinking, just straight <laughs> like a like a goat, like the <laughs> eyes of a dead goat, uh, like the eyes of a goat. Um, because you know Chris Evans was Human Torch in the Fantastic Four movies, and mm-hmm. then of course he's Captain America, and he's also in Scott Pilgrim. He's in a bunch of stuff. That's why we call the Evans list the Evans list. It's named after him. Um, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern, and Deadpool. Mm-hmm. 
And Wade Wilson, if you want to go that way. Yeah, and Wade, and Wade Wilson. Uh, From Origins. Right, 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 right. Um, but I don't think we've ever seen it where a char- somebody played concurrent characters, which is ultimately what's going to happen here. He's going to be Thanos in the MCU and also Cable at the same time. That's really weird. On on its on its face, I'm down with Josh Brolin as Cable. Uh, I actually kind of wanted that guy from Stranger Things, the sheriff. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't think of what that guy's name is. I know he was talked about for a while. But at the same time, I can I can very easily see a straight face Josh Brolin playing Cable and generally being annoyed uh, <laughs> by by Ryan Reynolds' antics. Yeah. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on that casting? Uh, he he kind of looks like all those people combined into one. Everybody who was <laughs> right a little about. bit Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> little yeah. <laughs> uh, so. I'm happy as long as he can say fiber beam at least once. Oh my god! I if anything, if they do that, what's going to happen is I think Deadpool will say it for him. Like I think <laughs> he'll be like, "No, you got to go down forward. You got to go down, yeah, down forward, fireball, forward, fireball and then punch, beam. punch. Oops. You're doing it wrong. Fucking do it." Oh man! So video game tangent. All right. Uh, other things in casting corner. This is really small, but I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, Dave Franco, who is um, very uh, going, you're going to be able to catch in the Lego Ninjago 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 Ninjago. Sorry, Ninjago movie as Lloyd, <laughs> which is awesome. It's very part of the trailer. Uh, he's he's voicing that character. He apparently has thrown it out there, thrown his thrown his hat and uh, his name into the hat, his hat into the name. Uh, wow! Yeah! Wow. Yeah! Third yeah. time's a charm. Words. What are words? Uh, he wants to play Nightwing. So Dick Grayson, I assume. Uh, adult Robin. Dave Franco. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I can't take Dave Franco that seriously. <laughs> is he meant to be taken seriously? I, I mean, but like, I feel like Nightwing is a pretty serious character. Yeah, he's brooding. Uh, he's brooding. His parents were murdered in front of him. Dave Franco does not bring that essence to a role to me. Uh, you know, maybe he goes, you know, uh, Will Ferrell from Stranger Than Fiction, or or Adam Sandler and and Punch Drunk Love, and just completely one eighties it, and you're like, wow. But I don't know that I'm really feeling this. Uh, what do What do you think? I think he might just need rent money. Yeah. Like, hey guys, over here, I'm open. I want I want some of that Warner Brothers money that they're throwing out out there. Those. Three hundred millions of dollars that they're using to make these films. Uh, budget. It's just weird. Uh, definitely not a name I would put anywhere near the top. But we'll see. I mean, I guess he's got his name out there at least. All right. Now this one, uh, and I definitely, definitely want your thoughts on this, especially in relation to kind of how Ghost in the Shell has been received and and oh yeah and, and, and all of that. But we we got some pretty interesting news. Technically, I don't know if this is casting corner. It's it's not like an actor, but it's it's a directing rumor uh we're in the rumor stage at this point directing hallway <laughs> there you go uh uh yeah, i can't think of directing <laughs> directing doorway i don't know <laughs> ah alliteration yeah that's what i was going for uh jordan peele of get out fame which i really enjoyed that film mm-hmm. uh get out uh jordan peele of get out fame is supposedly in talks to direct akira so, you know, before we Ooh. talked about Ghost in the Shell 
and Akira as being like keystones or touchstones or cornerstones of kind of how Americans received anime to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're definitely milestones at the very least. Uh, this is, this is, those are the big two for sure. I would think. And, and Akira may be the biggest one of all. What do you, what do you think about Jordan Peele possibly being attached to Akira and then maybe relate that to what's going on with Ghost in the Shell? Sure. No. Yeah. Um, so the good news is that <laughs> apparently the production companies, you know, uh, confident enough to already start making like decisions about directors and stuff. That means the, the project's still on the table. Uh, it's been in limbo for like the longest time with uh, DiCaprio's uh, production agency. But I think now that they're actually more serious looking to do actual production pretty soon, they actually have Jordan Peele as a director, which is great. Uh, I thought, it, like you said, uh, he handled the, the hard task of Get Out. It, Kind of a lot of a lot of stuff could have gone wrong. A lot of missteps available there, but he pulled it off. It was it's a great like psychological thriller when it came down to it. Um, yeah, taking on Akira it seems like a big challenge to me. Um, there's a lot of ways. I, I almost wish you could just re envision it somehow. Have the same kind of core themes there, but like maybe you don't need. Well, okay, so here's how I'm here's how I'm thinking about this. Which yeah. I'm kind of like lost in the weeds here. Ghost in the Shell is pretty good. It was all right. It wasn't the best. Uh, it made for kind of a you know average showing for a movie, um, because I think it might have been too beholden to the original. Um, and you know you have to please a lot of the fanboys, fangirls out there. You, they want to see certain scenes put directly into the movie, and it did. It, they, they captured a lot of scenes, like um, like the the fight in the like the water alley, the waterway. Yeah, uh, the, the camo the camo suit fight. Yeah, it it did that fantastically. It you know transferred it from anime to to big screen. It was great, but it kind of didn't ha- didn't establish its own narrative too much. The, or the narrative it did establish was kind of watered down from the main one. It didn't take enough risks on its own story, um, which is kind of a shame to see, just because you know uh, the, the question, the psychological questions posed in the fir- in the original Ghost in the Shell anime were kind of not there. Th- this one was like more about just like who am I, uh, and then the original one was like why are we? So right. It, it really changed how that movie was kind of received. It, it made it feel more insular. A little more paint-by-numbers in a way. Yeah. It it, it, it followed kind of like a, an origin story or maybe like the Jason Bourne, the first one, where it should have ha- it should have actually followed like maybe Sherlock Holmes' adaptation with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, you know, not we're not going to bother establishing this character. You know you know who Sherlock Holmes is. Let's just go and tell the story. Right. Um, so it should have done that. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> all that to say, hopefully the Secure Project can learn from that a little bit. And, and we don't need, because uh, Akira itself didn't give you much more uh, exposition than like, hey, this is, uh, this is Tokyo in, before, the world, before World War III. Hey, it blows up right now in an atomic blast. That's the first five seconds of the film. Yeah. Uh, so uh, tell me if, you, if I'm wrong here, but I feel like, like there's a lot going on in Akira. Yeah, uh, to, to the point where I don't know that, like, I don't know that even though it is its own one singular animated film, mm. I don't know that you can really get the film across in one movie. Yeah. I almost feel like it would need to be two movies, and I know for damn sure they're not going to take the <laughs> risk to make two films to make that, that story. Right. Uh, but... I, that's where I get worried because mm-hmm. there's just so much 
again, and it also has the same problems that Ghost in the Shell would have or any other adaptation like that, in that when you're crossing cultures like this, there's stuff that doesn't necessarily translate that is important in, you know, Japanese culture. Right. Either like narrative tropes or archetypal tropes. Right. They're just very different from the American uh, of of both of those uh, on the American side. So like you have to navigate that you have to navigate the social constructs of what's going on in terms of the ethnicity of the actors involved versus the established American actors who are predominantly white and, you know, versus like commercial success and marketing. There's just so many like trap doors. Mm-hmm. And I, in that sense, I kind of think Jordan Peele is the perfect person because Get Out as a concept and as a story had a lot of trap doors to, to mm-hmm. navigate. And I, th- I thought it did it pretty well. But at the same time, this is almost like Joss Whedon doing Avengers Age of Ultron, where it's like maybe it's too much for one person to take on. That's a good point, yeah. Like, like I, And I'm all for Jordan Peele, but like, I don't know, like also bring in F. Gary Gray or I don't know, like Catherine Bigelow or hmm. like, a, I don't know, an established Japanese director that I don't know the name of. sorry i I wish i did but like you know what i mean like bring in somebody that has a lot of clout and and on that side of it that could maybe help balance some of this stuff out because i just feel like it's going to be a huge huge undertaking uh that being said i think this movie and this this platform has tremendous potential to to really be something fantastic but man they're gonna have to get a lot of things right yeah, it's a tricky undertaking to be sure. The original, to me, is still is confusing. Uh, the original Ghost in the Shell was confusing when I first saw it, just because I was like, you know, twelve or fifteen or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but after consecutive viewings, it's like this is a masterpiece. This the story works. It's got good pacing. It, uh, there's like great moments where, like, it just lets the scenery kind of like, you know, you're just seeing it. I mean, you're just taking it in, and it's just establishing the world without having to do anything. But Akira, when I first saw it, was confusing. Like second, third, and fourth time I saw it, it was confusing still, and that was in college and after. So <laughs> I'm right there with you, and and I get why people love it. Also, also, like, tell tell me if you think this is a thing. Yeah. I think a little bit of the fanfare with Akira is one of those like everyone knows it's supposed to be this masterpiece, mm-hmm. so people claim to love it, <laughs> even though they don't know what yeah. the fuck is going on with that right. movie. And, like, you know, we both like, went to film school, and that, that's not, like, a brag or anything, but we, we've, you know, we literally went to school to learn all, like, how tropes work and how, you know, how films are made and why they're made the way they are and the narrative of things. And when even when the screenwriter, when to blame the DP, yeah. Yeah, and even when we know all of that and have that as a background in our education, Akira is still really, <laughs> like, dense and kind of confusing in some parts, and... And as much as I think it is, it is a, it is a milestone for anime. I do suspect that a lot of people's love of it is a bit right. Like oh, Susan Kane, yeah, Rosebud. Right. It's a, it's that. It's a lot. Of, it's a little bit of that. Um, but that being said, again, a beautiful like a beautiful uh, tapestry to pull from mm. uh, in terms of what they could do in a live action film. So 
Well, obviously, we're real far away from there, but we'll we'll keep touching on that as we uh, move, you know, as it gets further along. Okay, last just we'll, a little touch. Just a, yeah, just a little, just a tip. Uh, <laughs> right, right, whoa, so, whoa, that's a callback. That that's, that's literally a callback from like maybe the first episode of <laughs> combo characters. Um, real quick, last thing for casting corner, Ooh. but I, I think this is really cool. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, we do talk about video games from time to time. We always talk about comic books. This is a, one of those rare instances where we get to combine the, the two. Uh, Injustice 2, which is going to be coming out later this year, they announced who's going to voice Scarecrow, uh, the Batman villain, in Injustice 2. And it's none other than Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself, Holy shit. as Scarecrow. Uh, I mean, you can probably hear it in my voice how I feel about it, but just, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's a very scary crow. Yeah. I mean... The the only person I feel like they could have gotten that would have been as good or better is whoever voices Scary Terry from Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, bitch. Don't worry. Come back here, bitch. Don't worry, Scary Terry. We got you. We got these pants and everything. Um, <laughs> oh, bitch. Um, that's the only other person. Uh, which I, I guess would have been whoever does the voice. I think it's one of the guy, the guy who does Rick and Morty. Um, but seriously, Robert England, I that's nailed it out of the park. There's literally, I don't think anyone better that that could do that voice to that character. It's perfect. It's perfect. Good job. Mm-hmm. Good job, Warner Brothers. Again, hey. just you seem to kill it in every avenue other than in your film. Right. Their animated films are great. Video games are great. Batman video games amazing. Uh, Injustice is really fun. Just, huh? What, what? How can you not take all that magic and just brush a little bit onto your cinematic films? It's Batman. They'll come see it. It's Superman. They'll come see it. Real quick. This is just a side tangent. Um, Uh-oh. It's just a total rumor. Uh-oh. That, but I've seen it in a couple of places. Uh, oh, I think I know. So they're supposedly, Ben Affleck is fucking Allegedly. done. Allegedly done. Like he after Justice League, he's out. He <laughs> he wants nothing else to do with this. That Batman movie that he's the Batman. No, he like wants none of it. This is the rumor. It's the alleged part. But so apparently, what Warner Brothers is contemplating is using the Flash, the character of the Flash, as a vehicle to kind of Flashpoint reset the timeline in their oh, own God. cinematic universe to. Have younger versions of their characters <laughs> and reboot everything. Uh, that's that's been floated around in several places, uh, and it all kind of depends on how Justice League does. But you know, if like if it doesn't do that well, as much as like I don't think this is a great idea. I don't know what else they do. I I really huh. think that they should just not do anything. Just stop making movies for a while. Make other movies that are not DC properties. Or just do standalone DC property films that are not, they don't have to be connected and, and share all of this stuff. It's a lot easier. Maybe just do that for a little bit. Do like a nice see me now you don't, but with like Zatanna. You know, mm. like a dark arts magician film. Like just do that. Just do that on its own. Doesn't need to be connected to anything. So what you're saying is go from like the more physical kind of threats of like the Injustice League and go to the more mystical, <sighs> mystical threats. Uh, and you can have a Wong. Uh, no, cross. dude, Wong can't cross over. He's Marvel. He's, you Wong, know what? Wong is everywhere. That's Wong true. is beyond time. 
whenever when when everything is wrong, everything is right. <laughs> well, how do you think Zack Snyder makes all the slow mo? You need a Wong. <laughs> he's the he's the associate DP <laughs> for Snyder. That he's explains, using the eye of Akimoto on his show. He explains so much. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, uh, round of cast the corner. Let's let's spin through. Still have so much to talk about. Um, bad news. Sorry, uh, DCEU, Warner Brothers. I Uh-oh. I promise, oh, no. I promise we don't do this on purpose. We do not do this on purpose. This is just what happens. It's just a thing that happens, and we report on it because, you know, that's what we do. But I think this one has a bit of a, of a silver lining, so let, let's get into this. So the, the Shazam movie that they... Shazam! Shazam! Not, not, uh, not the Genie movie with, uh... <laughs> Sinbad. <laughs> By the way, d- okay, other side Which tangent. Doesn't exist. Did you see the like college humor? I think it was April Fool's video where they found a VHS tape. Oh no! That had been oh, taped the over. Must have been going crazy with Sinbad. It's dude. You gotta see it. It's <laughs> really good. I'm, I I did myself a favor. I stayed away from the internet that day. Oh, I know that's the best. That's yeah. I like. I think there's a meme that's like. April 1st, the only day when people look at the internet discerningly. Or, like, it's like April 2nd. Cool, I can go back to believing everything on the internet. Like, oh, no. Should have should have stayed how you were doing April 1st rules. But uh, I'll, I'll probably link that Sinbad Shazam video in our thread, even though it has nothing to do with comic books. Because it's just that weird and funny. It's actually really well done. Sinbad's actually in it. Good for him. <laughs> Mandela effect, full effect. Um, but Shazam has been canceled. So, uh, again, not the Sinbad movie, but the uh, the DC EU movie about Captain Marvel, not Marvel's Captain Marvel, but DC's Captain Marvel, Shazam, has been canceled. Uh. Now, <laughs> yeah, the thing about this movie... <laughs> was, it, was it canceled due to just being too fucking confusing? Probably. Probably. Um... So, the thing about this is, if you recall, there was originally going to be a Shazam movie, maybe a Black Adam movie, because they already had The Rock attached as Black Adam. Hmm. And, you know, and I, I get it. You have The Rock, the biggest action star in the world right now. Uh, Fast 8, or wait, Fate of the Furious 8, mm-hmm. or whatever that movie's called, is going to make a billion dollars in part because of The Rock. Um if you have the rock attached to play a character, I get wanting to give him his own movie or whatever. So when people heard that Shazam was going to be canceled, a lot of people got concerned like, Oh shit, is the rock out? Like, are, are they losing the rock? Like that was a really good get for, for Warner brothers. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. The rumor as of now, as it stands of right now, now this could change. Then they could still give him his own film or they could work him into a, a team film like a Justice League 2 or a Teen Titans, something like that. But as of right now, he's being talked about as the the primary villain for Man of Steel 2. What? What are your thoughts on that? The Rock versus Superman. Huh. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> now, that kind of catches me off guard is what it does. I mean, just because... Uh, uh, Man of Steel 2, do we really need this? Uh, I guess we I do. I mean, you could argue that Man of Steel is still the best Warner Brothers DC movie to this point. 
yeah, in, in this universe. So it's also the only the only media. Uh, I think it, it, Superman killed somebody. He snapped snapped the dude's neck. Kind of you know outside the whole Superman kind of thing. I mean, maybe that's why but, Black Adam's so mad though. Oh, that's a good point. It's good. Cross. That's a good bridge. Huh? Yeah. Like maybe Zod was his buddy. <laughs> maybe he was like his fishing buddy. <laughs> Zod was the manager, and he comes out and was like, I'm going to take Superman, I'm going to stick him sideways, I'm going to ram him right up his Rudy Pooh. Yeah. Heartbreak Jabroni. Hotel. Jabroni Hotel or whatever. Jabroni Lane. Jabroni <laughs> Lane. That's what it was. I think I think in the end, it doesn't matter what Chris thinks about The Rock being in Man of Steel 2. I think if you put The Rock in Man of Steel 2, I think, I think you finally have a film that has an outside shot of hitting like 700, 800 million yeah. worldwide, uh, nice. which good, would good for them. Um, I, I actually kind of like the rock and what he does. Like, I'm, you know, he's good at what he does in those films that he's in. So <laughs> have muscles. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, you know, he's kind of charming and he's, he's funny and he's really good at looking strong and imposing. Yeah. On baller. I, I, I watched ballers first season, like a couple of episodes and, uh, on HBO, and it's it's pretty good. So he does have the uh, the ability to pull off some sort of acting. Yeah, no, he's not he's not like a like a slouch or whatever or a no. bum. Like he, he he carries his own. Was that the one? Was that one with uh, Sean Evans too? The rundown. Yeah, he was in that, right? I think he was. Is that Sean Evans? Is it Sean William Scott? There we go, Sean William Scott. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that movie's underrated. Actually, that movie's pretty fun. Pretty good. But that's what he does, you know. That's what you know what I mean. Like the Rock in that movie is the Rock in pretty much every movie. Um, if anything, he's just getting better at it the more he does it. Okay, switching gears. Time to get real serious here on Uh-oh. comic book characters. Oh no! Uh, this broke a while back, but we haven't had a chance to 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 get this out to you guys till now. But it's something we definitely wanted to talk about and spend some time on. And for those of you out there who think we are Marvel shills that just <laughs> suck at the teat of Marvel comics, get ready to to have uh, to have a surprise, because the story that we're about to talk about is Marvel VP David Gabriel, VP of Sales, Blaine, a man with two first names, which is always a problem. That's your first tip. Your first tip that you might be in some trouble is when a guy has two first names. Three first names, you're you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's that a point. serial killer. That's, that's John Wayne. I mean, Gacy. Is Gacy a first name? Not really. Kind of like Casey. Close. It's close. Um, so David Gabriel uh, apparently came out and said uh, that women and diversity were to blame for Marvel Publishing's massive sales slump and i actually have the quote here i'm just gonna read the whole quote word for word yeah yeah i love he also does this thing here at the beginning which is the uh like the uh no offense oh no and then oh no (laughs) like i'm not racist but like it's that kind of thing that's that's when you're about to throw up you feel the juices kind of gurgling in your mouth it's like ah it's coming Okay, so here, here's nothing, nothing good's coming. Here's the here's the quote. What he says is, "What we heard was that people didn't want any more diversity. They didn't want female characters out there. That's what we heard. Whether we believe that or not, 
you know, I don't know if that's really true, but that's what we saw in sales. We saw the sale of any character that was diverse, any character that was new, our female characters, anything that was not a core Marvel character, people were turning their nose up against. That was difficult for us because we had a lot of fresh, new, exciting ideas that we were trying to get out, and nothing new really worked. So, I mean, that, like... I, I thought we had hot takes. Oh, man. So... <sighs> you know, right <laughs> off the bat, I will say I, I don't think Marvel handled it all that well. Like in terms of what they were trying to do, they had that all new, all different Marvel where they really did push a lot of diversity, a lot of minority characters, a lot of female characters. I think it was, a, it was I think it was too much all at once. Uh, I get that that was sort of their marketing strategy, but comic fans by and large are a very uh, averse to change group of people. Okay. There's a Mm. reason they like reading about characters that have existed for 60, 70, 80 years. (laughs) Okay. They want, they want their steak and potatoes. It's it's kind of a closed system. Medium rare mashed with, 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 with with a brown gravy every time. Okay. (laughs) That's these people. And that's fine. Um, So when you, when you change Captain America and Hulk, and Wolverine and Spider-Man and and Captain Marvel. Well, I guess Captain Marvel's already going on. Uh, but Miss Marvel and and you know, you you change all and Iron Man. You change all these characters, these very drastically within a very short amount of time. This audience is not going to receive that that well. I would imagine that that doesn't surprise me at the same time to be so tone deaf as to say that it was women's characters and, and the diversity that they tried to establish that caused all of the sale problems. No, Uh, I, I couldn't disagree more. It was maybe the implementation of how they did it, how they carried it out uh, was the problem to me, but I just think it's, it's just so tone deaf in 2017 right. to say something. It's insulting. Like that. It's insulting to the to the readers. It's like you don't think we can handle a different story with a different protagonist? Is that why nobody's buying your comic books? It's 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 insulting on so many levels. Yeah, you know the thing is, um, comic book sales have been down for a while, for a long while. Um, you know, back in the 90s, uh, Spider-Man 1, X-Men 1, they sold like over a million copies. Okay, right now hmm. the 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 highest selling book out there is Walking Dead, and I think it I think it does like 100 200,000 a hmm. month. 200 to so go from a million and a half to 2 million books a month for one title to your number one selling comic out of any publisher, one with a hit TV show, 200,000. It's just a different landscape now. Right. But, you know, I don't know. It's it's real weird. You know, something, something else, and I guess we'll just touch on this real quick because I actually forgot to put it in the notes, but it definitely ties in. Marvel has not been having a, a good time lately on the publishing side. Um, so X-Men Gold number one came out recently 
and it was illustrated by an Indonesian artist by the name of Adrian Saraf. Oh shit, I saw the story. Yeah, uh, Saif S Y A F. Am I pronouncing mm-hmm. that correctly? Saif. Um, and he snuck several references into the art um, that were uh, like Muslim. Uh, kind of like, I, I, like not slurs necessarily, but but like condemnations of like Christians and Jews. There was also a particular scene in which a a Jewish character, Giddy Bride, uh, is getting hit. they're not actually getting hit by a baseball bat. Oh, but shit. but but the juxtaposition of the person swinging the bat versus the character where they're sitting in the bleachers makes it look like they're getting hit straight in the face with the bat. Not very subtle. No. Um, you know, there were some people that came out after all of this controversy who kind of came to Adrian's uh, defense. But once he was ultimately fired, he then said something to the effect of, well, Marvel is owned by Disney. And, well, you can't offend any Jews and get away with it. <laughs> uh, that's not a direct quote, but it's, that's pretty that's pretty close. That's a, a paraphrase of, of, the, of the sentiment of what he said. So, yeah, man, I mean, just super douchebag, uh, you know, fuck him. Um, uh, what's uh, I'm trying to uh, uh, Wilson. Um, she does G uh, Willow G Willow huh? Wilson Wilson Willow. Uh, I'm so bad with names. She does Miss Marvel. She came out and and just fucking took this guy to task. Uh, really good stuff. If you want to look up her Twitter. OK, I think it's G Willow. G period like G initial Willow. I'm so sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, not a good week for Marvel in terms of of you know kind of what they're what they're going through mm. and and what they're doing uh, on the publishing side. Let's hope that they can rebound from this. Uh, I actually haven't read right. anything about uh, David Gabriel getting reprimanded in any way. I know they they fired the. Uh, the artist for X-Men Gold 1, uh, Adrian, mm-hmm. Adrian uh, Saif, he's gone. His fucking career is done. I mean, like, there's there's just no way. That's, that's yeah. so ridiculous. So, so yeah, it, I just looked it up real quick. It's ju- just G. Willow Wilson. G. Uh, Willow Wilson. See, I knew yeah. it was, I was close. I, I had all the names, didn't know the order. So <laughs> it, For me, this whole, this whole area is kind of like, Tone deaf. You're right. It's they're, they're not really aware of any sort of larger context. Either one of these, the artists that's you know that really shouldn't have inserted you know uh, weird stuff. They're not not just because of religion, but just that wasn't. The X Men is so much more than our petty shit that we have going on on on, on Earth. Right. That we don't need any of that. Don't please don't bring any of that. And, and then, yeah, and then the, the tone deafness of an executive, kind of like oh, sales are down. Fucking diversity killed us. It's not that. It's if you want to look at how you can do diversity well, you already have Agents of Shield. In, in Agents of Shield, you have a wide, diverse cast, um, and none of them are defined by their, you know, diversity. Not, they're all defined by other things, how the well they work with each other and stuff. Usually, so uh, granted, I haven't caught the <laughs> last ten episodes or so of this season, but you know, the first two seasons speak for themselves. And yeah, it, it's not that. This, that looking to blame poor sales on like well I guess we just have to write more white characters that that's really really uh, completely unaware it's appalling it's well you know and you don't even have to look any further than the recent hit of the new Power Rangers film which is 
super heavy on a diverse cast in terms like they even have like an LBGTQ um, character. Mm-hmm. They have um, they have a, a, a character with autism that's on the spectrum, and that's like a part of his character. Uh, and then they they run the gamut on the ethnicity scale there. So, and that that film. Uh, though not a perfect film by any means, was well received and has done well commercially. And the merchandising has done fantastic. Mm. So that's, it's bullshit. It, this Gabriel's explanation and excuses is just complete bullshit. At the end of the day, um, I, I am glad people are taking both of these individuals to task for this shit because it's just like you're just you're just small minded and weak to to even go there. Mm-hmm. Either on either on either case, definitely. But. Uh, Okay, we're gonna get off a soapbox now for a second. Let's get back to the news. Let's get back to you know. Let's go. Let's let's, let's have a little more fun. Um, I mean, and depending on if you look at the last project here for these guys, maybe not so much fun, but we'll see. <laughs> so Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg uh, are going to bring Invincible uh, per Universal or through Universal, I guess. Uh, In- Invincible to the big screen. Invincible, which is the uh, self-created project by Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame. Uh, it's, I mean, for those that don't know, Invincible 1 is a fantastic comic and I highly recommend it. Uh, but it's essentially if like a teenage kid realized or a teenage kid knew that his dad was Superman, uh, but didn't or like realize that, but then also later comes to realize that he also has powers Hmm. like Superman and then kind of deals with all of that. There's a family dynamic. There's a huge plot twist arc like within the first like six issues or so that is will automatically hook you in and you're going to want to read like at least 20 more issues after that um that is outstanding it's so good um i'm really curious to see because the, the, the comic itself is already hitting almost like a 200 issue mark i think so there's a lot that they could pull from i wonder what story they're going to do i have a feeling that if if they're doing a first film it's going to be a bit of an origin story and a lot of like the family dynamic and maybe him balancing, learning what his powers are, what that means, what he wants to do with his life in that sense. And then also hmm. balancing that with his pre power life of like being in school, wanting a girlfriend, etc. cetera. Um, but I, I have high hopes for this just because the source material is so great. I will temper it by saying Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, for those who don't know, uh, they're the guys behind Green Hornet. Ooh. So, not so great. Also, the guys behind Preacher, though, and oh. Preacher's pretty great, pretty good. So, we'll see. I know you're not that familiar with Invincible yet. I need to let you borrow some of my trades or whatever. Yeah, it's, it sounds kind of cool. The premise sounds nice because um, it sounds like Spider-Man, or Peter Parker, but with Superman powers. Yeah, essentially, and it's a little and more also modern. <laughs> yeah, it's more modern. There's a family. And also, again, and I can't stress this enough, I just don't want to ruin it for everybody. The arc twist, the first arc twist in the story is, oh, it's so tasty. It's it's hmm. something you definitely want to read. Um, is it uh, not a? Is it like a the Runaways twist where it's their their parents are all villains, or is it more like a like a size of a scope of the narrative kind of thing, or is it more like? I would say that everything that you take, oh. That everything that you see and take at face value uh-huh. shifts dynamically off of the twist, huh. the arc twist that happens. Oh. Um, 
I'll leave, I will leave it at that. I purposefully okay. am trying to be vague here, but it's really great. Also, uh, Vision, the Vision series, which I think only ran like 12 issues, mm-hmm. does a little bit of that too. It definitely has a lot of the fam- family dynamic. So if you end up, if you like Vision, the most recent Vision story uh, comic, definitely read Invincible. Or if you like Invincible, read Vision because they're sort of similar in theme. Uh, but yeah, really good. Okay, uh, last thing. Wow, we are finally at the end of all of this stuff. Oh, man. Oh, man, I'm on the side of words, almost. <laughs> almost, but not quite. Sorry, listeners. I still have quite a few in the chamber. Uh, but the, just a little bit of news. Uh, very kind of quirky thing. We've talked before about how Cloak and Dagger is going to be a thing on something called the Freedom Network. Still not 100% sure what that is. I think maybe it was ABC Family at one point. Huh. Then they pivoted to something else, and now they're pivoting to that. I could. Because who don't know freedom? (laughs) Yeah, geez. I wonder if their logo is just going to be like an American, like a bald eagle. (laughs) Like a bald eagle holding a gun. Like a bald eagle at Walmart holding a gun. Fucking A, dude. You're getting it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's a a shirt. (laughs) Um,. I'm not even sure if that is the channel, but the channel is called Freedom. Uh, Cloak and <laughs> Cloak and Dagger, Cloak and Dagger, um, which has already been established and is going to be debuting at some point. They've now announced that a straight to series order uh, has been given for Marvel's New Warriors, featuring, featuring. Do you want to take a guess at who it's featuring? Uh, uh, uh let me guess. Uh, it's uh, uh, uh. Dead? No, uh, no, who's it featuring? Yeah, you're about to say Deadpool. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Squirrel Girl. Oh, snap. So, the Invincible. The Invincible Squirrel Girl. Um, I, so Squirrel Girl, for those that don't know, is this real kind of kitschy, tongue-in-cheek comic that Marvel puts out. It's actually really fun, and it's, it's very. it does a lot of very different things that you don't see in a lot of comic, uh, superhero comics for sure. And I, I recommend it. Uh, famously, uh, we've got Barb from Stranger Things campaigning to want to be Scroll Girl. Now, if they do a TV show, I could kind of see her getting this role now. Uh, the girl that played Barb from right. Stranger Things. Uh, originally, I also there was a rumor that Anna Kendrick had interest. Obviously, Anna Kendrick is not going to do some TV show on Freedom Network <laughs> at this point. So that's probably out. But uh, you know, poor one out for Anna Kendrick as Scroll Girl, I guess. Uh, but what I think the more important thing is, and shit, I just realized we also forgot to talk about one last thing, but we'll tag it on the end here. One more thing. Golly, so many things. So many things. Uh, but what I think this is hinting at that they could possibly do, because they have Cloak and Dagger, right? On mm-hmm. the same network, they have New Warriors with Scroll Girl. Uh-huh. Are they trying to do like a CW, like Arrowverse, where like Arrow oh. and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl? Like, huh. are they doing all these kind of smaller characters on the small screen where they can share their own little TV universe and get into hijinks? I mean, <laughs> they're I'm doing not, something. I'm not mad at it. That's right. You know, we we've talked about how kind of where DC is strong on the animated side, on the TV side, on the video game side. Marvel tends to be a little weaker. So maybe if they do kind of copy the CW template, uh, maybe there's maybe there's fruit to bear there. And if it was ABC Family, that kind of makes a lot of sense with what Disney's kind of taking yeah, reins. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a weird move for me because another another TV series on another network 
when there's already like Netflix is involved with one or with more than one. Uh, right. Hulu's got one. Um, FX has one. Oh yeah. Uh, ABC. ABC. <laughs> so they got the yeah, movies still like. They're spread kind of thin there. It's kind of maybe they. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to go for market saturation, but I don't know if that's a good move. It it, it might be nice to see um, this be the final home for all the. For all the Marvel TV properties, that'd be, be kind of cool. Like maybe if Shield jumps over and yeah, yeah, like Legion for sure. I don't think could interact with these characters because uh, that show was real trip weird. Uh, great show by the way, but just I don't see how that would fit. Uh, but the rest of them, yeah, I could I could see how they could interact to some extent. Um, Runaways with Cloak and Dagger definitely because Cloak and Dagger literally oh. happens in the comic. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, so the last, last thing for real, for real Aziz this time is we got a Defender's first look. And when I say first look, I mean it's like blink and you'll miss it because <laughs> it's real short. It's real quick. It's this security cam footage. They're, like, in an elevator. Daredevil has a mask on but is, like, wearing a suit. Like an Arm- suit, yeah. Armani suit. <laughs> Looking sharp, Matt Murdock. Um, Armani? I mean, I don't know. He doesn't no, make that much money. That's true. He's all, it would, it'd be like uh, Men's Warehouse. Men's Warehouse off the off the rack, yeah. <laughs> You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Um, proud sponsor. Yeah, sponsor, now proud sponsor of comic characters. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, here's the crazy thing. and <laughs> I'm going to try real hard to not make jokes at this because my, 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 my dark brain really wants to. Uh-huh. But as soon as this teaser trailer came out, or whatever you would call it, teaser image, a lot of people immediately brought the comparisons of the Ray Rice TMZ video. Oh, <laughs> and the and the the Jay Z TMZ video. Oh, it was just a B. It was just a B. Hey B. It was just a B. You know what I mean? It's your boy. Hey, you wildin'. So. Um. You know, and you can so just Lodge, stop hitting me. You can, you can just. <laughs> So long, I'm so out of here. So long, so long, I'm out. Adios, so long, deuces. So um, so yeah, you could just imagine where the jokes kind of were going. I mean, uh, you got a you got an elevator full of people who like to punch things. There's there's just I, you know, a, I'll just say like physical abuse. He's in the air with this image, and I kind of wonder. Do you think they did that purposefully? Like, that's my question to you. Like, I think I know where they're going, though. They're probably going to the courthouse where Aaron Hernandez just got arraigned on. Oh, God. To try and get some, serve some vengeance. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> on, do you wait, like, not on behalf of Hernandez, but to, like, take him out? Like, to, to right yeah. the wrong? Yeah. Th- seriously. MO. He got, he got acquitted. Deadpool, Daredevil. He got acquitted. Yeah. You got a range, right? So like the the glove didn't fit. Like what the what the shit, man? I know this is totally not related to defenders, but like Aaron Hurt, we all remember what happened, right? Like dude, God, I mean talk about beating the cover too. Talk about cutting through the middle. Going going middle just saying F you to the prevent defense and getting all the way to pay dirt. How did that guy get a range? Are you serious? Oh my god. You know, just man, we need the defenders now more than ever. Like legit. <laughs> because Aaron Hernandez is loose. I mean, yeah, man, that doesn't help. That's not helping the world in anything. Damn it, that's really upsetting. That's I didn't even know that. That's really upsetting. 
Um, God, I guess that's how we're ending this episode. Man, um, the darkest timeline. We are. We are so very clearly in the darkest timeline. Um, that Thor trailer, though, it's going to lift us up. It's going to give us some entertainment for a couple of hours, thankfully. It's not hitting <laughs> till like, November. Oh, it's such a long way away. Yeah. Um, good stuff, though. Good stuff in the future. Yeah, good, good things to look forward to. Well, I think that brings us to a close. Thank you all, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to throw us a review on iTunes, that would help us out a whole lot. Give us four stars or five stars. We'd appreciate it. Let us know what you want to hear about on Facebook or Twitter or even on uh, on G- on our Gmail, uh, cbcharacters at gmail.com. If there's any like longer form topics, like you know, we talked about um, like the David Gabriel story, for instance, this week. Some of that more serious stuff we're happy to tackle. We're also happy to get into the silly stuff. We're going to be bringing back um, um, what they do, the the game oh, yeah. show. We'll bring that back uh, soon. And uh, But let us know. Hit us up. Uh, we're, we're friendly. We don't bite unless you want us to. It's $5. Don't worry about it. Um, but until then, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Kashunk. Stay super, everyone. So long, guys. Oh, God.